So great to uh, be wrapping up this series this morning on one another. If you've been with us past few weeks, you know we've been in this series, One Another, and looking at, at different aspects of how we relate to one another in a community. The reason that we're doing this is, as Pastor Christian has led us through this, is because as we grow in our community and looking to grow even out of this building, uh, we want to make sure that we are a strong community of believers. And so there's aspects to that of how we relate to one another. It's the community that Jesus intends for all of us. And we've been looking at this over the past few weeks, different aspects. We talked about welcoming one another. We talked about serving one another, admonishing one another. We talked about forgiving with, praying for, and bearing with one another. And while some of these have been uh, relatively challenging, some of them for, for us may be a bit easier because it's, it's easy for us to relate and deal with people from an arm's distance, isn't it? It's easy to be able to say maybe that I'm going to pray for you or I'm going to bear with you because I don't actually have to do anything with you, Right? It's a whole other thing to be able to say, okay, now I actually physically have to do something for you, right? And so as we wrap up this series, before we turn our attention in a few weeks, as Pastor Christian leads us through a, a new series, we, we end with this last one, which is carry one another. And it comes from Galatians 6, verse 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, we, I know what it's like to be carried by somebody. Maybe you've been in a situation where you've been carried by somebody. I always think of when I was younger being carried by my older brother. We were uh, at, the, at the shore, the, uh, the, uh, the beach, with a church group. And he's six years older. He was there with his friends. I was there with my friends. And, and I was a, a scrawny middle schooler at the time. And uh, some of his friends, Dave and Dana, thought it'd be funny if they picked me up and kept throwing me into the ocean, right? I'd like to try, see them try that now. Um, <laughs> but uh, they thought it was funny if they would just kind of keep tossing me in, right? And they, I, was, they, I would come back out and they'd pick me up and throw me in again. And I was starting to not be able to catch my breath. The water was getting into my mouth and starting to choke. And they thought it was funnier just to keep tossing me in. And I remember I was starting to panic, and I, and I remember really clearly seeing my brother, six years older, sees me, runs out into the ocean, and pushes Dave and Dana away, picks me up, puts me on his shoulder, and carries me back to the shore. It's a miracle in and of itself. So <laughs> my brother would do that. The idea of carrying somebody. But for those of us that have gone through burdens in life, we know what it's like to carry somebody or be carried by somebody. What makes this passage relatively difficult, though, is, as I've already said, it's easy to be able to say we're going to bear with or forgive or pray for or welcome. It's a whole other thing to say, now I need to carry them. Because we say, well, I have so many burdens. I have so many things weighing me down right now. Now what I'm supposed to do is also carry somebody else. I barely made it here this morning. And I'm so distracted, so worried, so concerned about so many other things. I have so many other things going on in my life. How in the world am I ever going to now stop and start carrying somebody else? 
This is what Paul talks about when he, when he talks about caring one another. What he's doing is he's saying, so he's telling the church of Galatia, you've got to stop focusing on yourselves and start focusing on the people around you. You've got to carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Well, the question comes here is, what is the law of Christ, and what does it look like to carry somebody's burdens? How does that even work? How do we carry somebody's burdens when we ourselves have burdens, but we need to do it in order to fulfill the law of Christ? What does that look like? We're going to answer those questions this morning. We look at Luke chapter 10. This is a great passage of Scripture, is Luke 10. Because it talks about, first off, what does it look like to fulfill the law of Christ, but then what does it look like to carry one another's burdens? It says this in verse 25, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, an expert of the law, somebody who's well-versed, knows, knows the Old Testament at this point. He says, listen, uh, he, he's trying to test Jesus. He stands up as his teacher. He asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. The teacher then goes on to ask, well, who's my neighbor? What does that look like? When I was a little kid, I actually thought it was my physical neighbors in my house. But the neighbors are the people that we interact with, the people that we see daily, the people that we run into. So in the midst of this conversation, Jesus goes on to tell a parable, a story, that we're very, uh, most of us are very familiar with, the story of the Good Samaritan. But what the expert of law is trying to say is, what, what's the one thing I need to do? What does it look like? Jesus goes on to, to share what it looks like to carry the burdens of one another. Carry the burdens of one another. Because we are all burdened and we all need help goes on to say this in Luke 10.30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. So Jesus goes on to really show what it looks like to carry one another's burdens. He talks about this man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, that's about 15 miles away. I live about 13 miles away. I live in Warren. So I, I wonder what it would be like to walk 13 miles, right? I didn't try this, but I had thought about it. Right? <laughs> you got to understand, Jerusalem to Jericho, I've been there. In a few weeks, I'm going to be there again. There is nothing out there. From Jerusalem to Jericho, it's nothing. It's like the Dead Sea area. You know why they call it the Dead Sea? Because nothing's alive out there. It's, it's barren. It's a desert, right? There's no help anywhere around. If I walked home from here, I know if I tried this experiment, I know that I would stop in New Providence and get some coffee first, right? A little further, I'd probably stop in, 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 um, in Berkeley Heights and probably get some food. And then by the time I got to Sterling, I'd call my wife to have, me, have her pick me up because I wondered why I was doing this in the first place, right? But when you're, in, when you're out there in, in Jerusalem, in Jericho, there's nothing out there. There's no help anywhere. This is a barren wasteland. And so this man is attacked with no help 
from anybody around, there he is, left to die. Don't just focus on the physical abuse here. Because he was stripped, he was beaten, so therefore he's lost his security, he's removed his dignity, he's humiliated, he's shamed. He's left for dead. He's now feeling completely alone. Understand this, that this person that's now completely alone, shamed, humiliated, feeling very vulnerable, is every man and every woman who ever lived. Because at different times in life, we all understand the burdens that we have. We all under-recognize the burdens that we carry. We carry the burdens, some of us, of loneliness, don't we? We're afraid to be alone. Some of us carry the weight of guilt and shame, decisions that we made from the past. I hope nobody ever finds out about that. Anxieties about the future, anxieties about the culture in which we live, our friends, our family, our opportunities, our dreams, our hopes. Some of us are burdened for work. Some of us are looking for work. Some of us are overwhelmed by the complexities of life, our marriages, our children, time, energy, money, all those things, physical illness, bruises from being hurt in the past. We're all dealing with this. Jesus' picture of this man is a picture of who we all are. And now we have to bear and carry one another. So what he does is he goes on to show what it looks like to carry one another's burdens. And he goes into the story talking about three different people. And in this, he paints a picture clearly of what it looks like to carry one another. First, we've got to recognize the need around us. We've got to recognize the need. If we're going to be carrying other people's burdens, despite the burdens that we have, we've got to recognize the need first. Luke 10, 31 goes on to say this, a priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came up to where the man was. The Samaritan came up to where he was. You would think, first off, a priest or a Levite, somebody who was like religious, would do something. In fact, in between services, somebody told me about uh, a seminary who had, did an experiment with their students. And they all told them that they needed to do a sermon on the Good Samaritan. And they had one group show up, and what they did was they said, okay, before you present your sermon, you need to go to the other side of campus because you're going to present it over there one at a time, but you've got to hurry because if you're late, we're going to dock you points. And what they did is they, took a, they, they, they had a man who pretended to be homeless in need of help and put him in the middle of campus. And they wanted to see how many people would actually stop. How many of these religious leaders would stop? Not one of them stopped. And then they got there and they docked them points anyway. Right? <laughs> Why? Because they're in a hurry. You see, when we look at this, we say, man, this priest, this Levite, they, they must have had some reason that they didn't stop. Maybe they were in a hurry as well. Maybe they recognized that they were going to, the, the, the temple was in Jerusalem, and if they touched an unclean person, they would be unclean as well, and so they wouldn't be able to perform the religious functions, or maybe they had their own stuff that they were carrying. Whatever it was, they didn't stop. They didn't recognize the need. The person that, that carries another person's burdens moves towards the need as opposed to away from the need. 
It's the person that is in church on Sundays, maybe afterwards, who asks somebody if they're okay and they say, I'm fine, but recognizes there's something else going on. Maybe it's a woman at work who sees another person at work always down, always upset, always crying, and recognizes there's a need there. Maybe it's the, the guy at school who always comes in frustrated, angry, recognizing there's a need. Maybe it's the person on the, on the subway or on the way, on the train, on the way to work. You see him every day and something hits you and says, you know, there's something wrong there. You recognize the need. You stop looking at yourself and start looking at somebody else. That's what it means to carry one another's burdens. You got to first, first recognize that there's a need. It's that spiritual gift of empathy. Not only do you need to recognize the need, but the second thing is you got to have compassion. Luke 30, 10, 33 says this, when he saw him, he took pity on him. That word pity in the Greek really means to be moved in the bowels. Like it's this gut-wrenching feeling. If you have kids, you know what it's like when your kids go through some kind of pain. There's a gut-wrenching feeling. I, a few weeks ago, my daughter broke her arm. She came in crying. I remember it vividly. And there's this gut-wrenching feeling in your stomach that says, I want to help. That's exactly what this Samaritan had. It wasn't just recognizing the need. We can go all day recognizing there's a need there, that person's in trouble, that person needs help, but you've got to be able to be moved with compassion. It's a heart that moves towards the need. And when we do, we expose ourselves to other dangers. We, 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 we risk sacrifice. We know that there's going to be maybe some burdens that we're going to have to bear. But there's so much compassion. So much compassion that we put aside our own needs for a moment and go and help. In fact, I was talking with somebody who runs one of our support groups here at the church with many support groups. And those folks coming in have all kinds of needs, all kinds of burdens going on. And one of the things he said to me was, he looks forward to that every week. Because despite the burdens that he carries, despite the things that are going on in his life, he's able to help others. And boy, is that refreshing. It's amazing what happens when we have our own needs and our own burdens, the inner uh, strength that we get from the Lord to be able to, to, to put those aside and help others. It's amazing what happens when, when we stop looking at our own selves and start looking at others, how, how, how our own anxieties and burdens and fears just kind of go away. Why? Because the the Lord's asking us to do that. And so if he's asking us to do something, he's going to empower us to do them. But there's got to be compassion there. And we never know what's going to happen when we go out and meet that need. We don't know. We don't know how God's going to use us. You know, I do know one thing in life is that God uses people like you and me to help others. And we'll maybe never know the result of that. I heard a story of a guy named Mike and Kyle Mike was walking home from school one day, and he saw uh, a boy across the street who he knew from school but didn't know who he was, had all these books, all the stuff in his hand. And some other kids came up and pushed him over and knocked his glasses off and kicked him while he was down, and they ran off. And so Mike was moved with compassion. He went over and helped, helped Kyle, who he found out his name was Kyle, and he helped him pick up his books and, and walked him home, realized he lives right near him. So Mike and Kyle actually became very good friends. Eight years later... They're at graduation. Now they're best of friends. And Kyle, 
the kid that got knocked over happens to be the valedictorian. And so in his valedictorian speech, usually you talk about your own accomplishments and what you're going to accomplish when you go off to, to college. But instead, he said, you know what? It's not about what we're going to do. It's about helping other people. And then he said, I want to talk about Mike. And Mike was shocked. He was, in the, he was in there with his other students going, he's talking about me. Kyle says, Mike, I, I owe everything to you because you reached out to me. Uh, the reason I had all those books that day, the reason I had all my stuff is so that I didn't want my mom to have to clean out my locker because I was about to go commit suicide when I got home. But you came up and befriended me and it made all the difference in the world. We never know what our actions will do for the people around us, but we got to be able to be moved with compassion. And the third aspect is we, we also have to get our hands dirty. You got to get your hands dirty. You know, it's one thing to recognize the need and have compassion. It's a whole other thing to go and get your hands dirty. I'm excited a bit next week as we talk about our, our, our missions, because we just had a group come back from Guatemala getting their hands dirty. Folks that didn't just recognize the need, but it and have compassion, but went and got their hands dirty. Oftentimes, we got to get our hands dirty. Luke 10, 34, he went up to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. The burden bearer that carries the burdens gets their hands dirty. There's a sacrifice that has to be made. When a family is torn apart by drug addiction and you have compassion or move to get involved, a lot of times you get your hands dirty. There's a sacrifice that's going to have to happen. You might have to be making extra trips and taking the kids to school or uh, spending more time on the phone. A lot of it, um, a lot of times it will involve resources. Sometimes people need money or drive somewhere or extra time or energy in our part. There's a sacrifice that, that has to be made. When the woman at work is, is down and depressed and, and we go and, and meet with her, a lot of times there's a sacrifice. We may not get lunch that day. We may not be able to hang out with our own friends that day, but we go and we help. We get involved. We serve in various aspects of the church. It takes time. We have to get up early. We've got to get our hands dirty. You're willing to get your hands dirty. This guy... Samaritans on this road was willing to get his hands dirty. He said, I'm not just going to recognize the need. I'm going to get involved physically. It's the same thing as a, a woman who recognizes the need from somebody else saying, you know what, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to write her, this person a note. I'm going to pick her up in my car and take her to the, the rehab that she needs. I'm going to provide a home for her. I'm going to give them a phone call. I'm going to encourage them. It's getting her hands dirty. We can't just stay at arm's length, can we? I remember years ago going on a mission trip myself to the Dominican Republic and, and walking through and, and seeing some, some boys who were desperately in need of, of health care. They were sick, they were diseased, and they just wanted to reach out and touch me. And I remember that thought of getting in there and reaching out and letting them touch and praying with them, and then helping them build a community with clean water so that they could get healthy again. It wasn't just about praying for them or bearing with them. We got our hands dirty. So when we get our hands dirty, we really are deciding to sacrifice. And when we sacrifice, we often have to switch places as well. Switch places. 
It says in verse 34, then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. You see, this man, the Samaritan, had his donkey. He must have had his own stuff. He must have had his own baggage. It doesn't say, well, the Samaritan left his baggage, he left his donkey, and he just went on his way with the, with the guy that was sick. No, he put him on his own donkey. He actually sacrificed and switched places with the person. So that now this person's more comfortable than I would be comfortable. Some of us live very comfortable lives, and what we do is when we get our hands dirty, we often have to switch places. Figuratively, we imagine ourselves in that moment. What would it be like if our own child was addicted to drugs? What would it be like if we had this health concern? What would it be like if we didn't have a job or we were so stressed out that we were turning to um, other things in life, whether it's alcohol or, or drugs? Or what would it be like if our marriage was a mess? We figuratively get in there and we switch places with the people, but we also do it um, we also actually do it as well, figuratively. We get in there, we imagine ourselves, but we then take that next step and say, you know what? I was comfortable, I want them to be comfortable. I had resources, now I want them to have resources. I'm gonna actually carry them. That's what it means about getting our hands dirty. It's we switch places for a time. It means we sacrifice. When my brother came put me on his shoulders. He was sacrificing the fact that his friends were now going to look at him and, and not maybe not be friends with him anymore because he's saving his little brother. That's what we mean about switching places, about sacrificing, about putting ourselves in, in positions where maybe we're a little uncomfortable or put off because we're going to carry the burden. You know, Jesus talks about, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Is such a powerful verse because what Jesus is saying is, he's saying, listen, let me take your burdens. Let me have them. We all have them. Jesus is saying, let me have them. And counseling time and time again, I'll meet with people who say, Jared, you know, I'm, I'm worried, I'm fearful, I have these anxieties. And I say, are you praying about it? They say, yes, I'm praying about it. And I'm asking God to let them go, but I'm so worried, I'm so uh, frustrated about life. And I say, you know what? You're praying about it, but you're not really letting them go. It's not fair that you're asking the Lord to take them, but then you're still holding on to them. So if you want to let them go, let them go. If you're going to actually trust the Lord to take them and to carry them, to switch places with you, then you've got to let them go. People say, I'm praying about it, that the Lord will take me, take these burdens. And I say, well, maybe you're not praying for the right thing. Maybe you need to actually ask the Lord not only to take your burdens, but ask him to release them as well. Because he's asking us to release them. He's asking to switch places and carry them. That's exactly what this person does in the story, switch places. Not only does he switch places, not only does he get his hands dirty, not only does he have compassion, not only does he recognize the need, but he commits long-term as well. Verse 35 says this, The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. So what does he do? He, he picks up the man, he takes him to the inn. Now, if we were looking at this story, we would say that would be enough. He's a good Samaritan. He took him, he took care of him, and he went on his way. But no, he goes the extra step and says, listen, take care of him. And I'll come back and pay you whatever it takes. Can you imagine how much that would be? I've stayed in hotels before. I know how expensive it is. And to extend your stay for an indefinite period of time, it would be astronomical. But yet this man says, listen, I'm going to commit long term. I'm going to come back. I'm in it for the long haul. When we decide to commit 
to helping somebody, to sacrifice, to get our hands dirty, to have compassion, to go towards the need, then we've got to commit long term. We've got to be able to carry it through. We've got to be able to say, you know what, we're here to help you. Despite the sacrifice, despite the time it's going to take, we're here for the long haul. We're here for you. You know, when we look at these things, we look at all these aspects of what it takes to be somebody who carries burdens, we're reminded very clearly of having compassion, recognizing the need of switching places, committing long-term, is the exact same thing that Jesus did for us. Because he recognized the need that we had, the sin that we had. He had compassion for us, and so he went to the cross and switched places with us on the cross. Died for us, made a sacrifice, and now commits to us for the long term. So when we become burden carriers, we're actually showing what Christ looks like to the people around us. And so Jesus goes back and and says to these folks asking the question in Luke 10, verse 36, he says, which of these three do you think was was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The experts of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So what Jesus is saying is we've got to, We've got to be burden carriers. We've got to stop looking at ourselves and start looking at others. We've got to recognize the need. We've got to have compassion for the need. We've got to get our hands dirty. We've got to switch places. We've got to commit long term. What would the community or church look like if we all did that? What would our church be like if we all put our own needs aside and started reaching out to the people around us? It would be amazing. This place would be a place where people would want to be. I want to come not because I want to get my own needs met, but because I want to help others because the Lord's asked me to do it, and he's given me the power and the resources to be able to do that. It would be so amazing. So amazing. You know, a few moments we're going to, be led in a song. It's an exciting song because it reminds us of why we're here to help others. That it's not just about us giving up our burdens, focusing our own burdens and giving them back to Christ. It's about reaching out to others who are also in need. There was a, a story I read of uh, D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a famous preacher evangelist in the 1800s. And he, he talked about this um, story of one time when he was visiting an art gallery in Chicago. And he said he was really impressed with a painting that he saw. And this painting was called The Rock of Ages. And it was talking about, there was a verse about come... Uh, to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so the idea was that when we go through the storms of life, we cling on, we cling to Christ. And so this picture was a man in the middle of the sea holding on to a rock, which had a cross in it, clinging to it both arms. And he said, that was the most beautiful picture that I've ever seen. Until years later, he saw another picture. He said it was the same picture, it was the same man, except there was one change. He said there was a man who was in the middle of the sea, 
and the storms were kind of beating him down. He had one hand around the cross, but the other hand, was he was rescuing somebody who was drowning. And he said, you know, that first picture was beautiful, but that second picture, that second one, that's perfect. That's perfect. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. As we have the, the privilege, the privilege of being a community of believers, when we relate to one another, to be able to carry one another. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that we can be in a community where we can care for one another, that we can carry one another despite the burdens we have. Lord, help us to be able to recognize that need, have compassion, be able to, to, be able to get our hands dirty and switch places, be able to commit long-term. We thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. Lord, motivate us here this morning. Help us to be excited about that as we leave this place, that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. I ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen.